Hello and welcome to the Third Age Babylon 5 podcast to our next episode discussion and it's a very special occasion because for the first time in a long while we are all back together again and I can proudly present to you Michael is here again, our new core perspective. Yeah, hello my dear lurkers. Um I'm very sorry I was missing out for so long. It wasn't on purpose um, because it was actually quite a tough time for me. Um, I think you should or have the right to know what was going around um, because it, it wasn't because I um, wasn't feeling like doing the podcast because I was bored or something. Um, I had uh, the tough time of uh, my grandmother falling rather ill and um, at the same time there were deadlines, very important deadlines coming in. And yet it, it all accumulated to the point where my, my, my grandmother unfortunately died, um, which is no reason to, to um, keep deeply despair um, because, I mean, she meant to uh, get to the age of 95 years um, and she was up to the last month rather independent, like managing her most of, uh, of her uh, daily life um, alone. I think it's something most of us just can dream of, um, or at least dream of t that it's going to be that way. Um, so yeah, that that drained my my energy, and uh, of course because there is um, a lot a lot space left on your bullshit bingo, even after such um, heavy two weeks. Uh, I got sick and um, sounded more like a muppet. Uh, than myself and I didn't want to do um, any of this uh, to you because um, I think we no one would, would have watched that um, when my voice would have switched from from really deep to really high to hoarse uh, to everything. Um, so I stayed off the limits for, for this time and I really have to thank my two wonderful people to uh, keep everything going. Um, made wonderful job um and yeah i i hope um you're happy to have me back at least i've seen a few people ask where i am thank you very much mm -hmm. i had to admit i was a bit crying when i read, read that <laughs> thank you for that and yeah now the heavy topic um put aside we start with the podcast for real and skip to our Introduction question for this episode, which um, is, uh, yeah, to this episode um, fitting, did you had surgery? And for me, that's a very simple answer because, uh, no, I've been very lucky that I haven't broken anything, had no appendicitis or something to worry about. So I've pretty much gone without any major hospital stays. Well, I've had surgery. Um, two times when I was very little, but I still remember because that's the thing that you kind of remember. So I think I was three and five years old when I had long surgeries because one of my eyes didn't really work. Like I was, it was, I'd, I couldn't control it and it was constantly like wandering into my nose and I couldn't really fix on anything with it. So that was two times. And then I had two more issues with my, my, with my teeth. Things were constantly wrong. Like my, my, my whole jaw was growing wrong or something. So, um three where I was put asleep and for the rest I was awake yeah but still it was a full surgery so that was a lot before I even turned 16 I think 
mean, it was also nothing life-threatening, although that with the eyes was kind of risky, but still worth it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, on my part, I have to say I had uh, surgery multiple times. And unfortunately, not for a nose job or anything like that, because that would have been nice. Uh, the others were... Uh, yeah, one at least life-threatening, um, which I don't want to go too deep in here now. Um, but the the others, um, yeah, it was it was everything was was uh, unfortunately necessary, and I have uh, every every experience for from really good uh, surgeons uh, to rather bad ones. So I'm served on this part, <laughs> and I feel ev with everyone who says I'm scared. I know I've been there too quite a lot. Important part is we're all alive. We're here. We're healthy. We're happy. So, um. And I even have my soul still. So screw you, egg-sucking mammaloids. I'm I'm perfectly born of the egg and I stay that way. Yeah, I guess that's a cue for uh, me to give you a little synopsis uh, about this episode. Uh, with the title Believers, uh, and when I read the title, I was, oh my gosh, this is the perfect time for me coming back. <laughs> this screams Michael will hate it. Um, but I didn't hate it. I There were a lot of points where I wanted to jump through the screen and um, do things I better not say, but um, overall, I liked the episode. What was it about? Uh, well, technically, we have two episodes strings here the minor one is that ivanova is going to space go girl um and uh fighting off some raiders um who are trying to get a transport ship and the big part is that there is a sick child and dr franklin is trying to save this um with a rather simple um surgery but the problem is that um, the parents and also the child are um, believers of, I think, uh, Children of Time um, was the um, name of the religion. And yeah, how to solve this problem. And I think that's a pretty good start for... That's a pretty good round. summary. <laughs> so we already got your first thoughts on it. Uh, how about yours later? Um, Difficult thoughts. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think the episode is written perfectly fine. I think it's a very realistic problem. You don't need aliens uh, or like um, space travel to have such uh, problems. Like, I could think of a lot of. People I personally know and um, uh, similar situations, actually. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. It, it leaves me a bit a bit puzzled. And I did, I did so the first two times I've watched it and this time again, it's always, it's always like, oh, when we get there. Yeah, it's, it's not a, an emotional high point for the first season for me as well. Um, I am a, a big fan of this episode, especially because... It once again works really well in the first season for establishing a lot of things about the the show and the setting, um, but it is, I, I think, rightfully one of the most discussed and most controversial episodes of the shows. So I think there is 
maybe a lot of us for dig in, uh, to uh, dig into, but also not very many definitive conclusions that we might get to. So I'm, I'm just very interested how this discussion is going to go, because this is definitely one of those episodes that when we sort of started thinking about doing a podcast on Babylon 5, this is one that you think about and uh, sort of ponder, okay, are these two people ones that I can have this discussion with, or is this going to go horribly wrong? And uh, no, I, I think we are going to have some fun with this one. Um, so do we want to start with the main discussion and maybe just very quickly go through the secondary plot so we have talked about it and don't don't need to worry? Yeah, I would be for that. Okay. Well, I, I, maybe I, I already bought it, but yeah, Ivano are finally going to space, having some action. Uh, I mean, okay, she's just sitting um, in, in, in a, a fighter, but um, I, I was really happy to see uh, some girl action. Yeah, and she's getting like some some good action done. Like the resolution, we don't get to see, but very clearly she she does manage to to go out, get out of quite a pickle with the radars there. And uh, I I think I I also really enjoy how she gets there. The the little banter that she has with Sinclair very early on, uh, for one establishes that these two have a good rapport as as uh, two officers on the station, and yeah, that she just knows how to stand up with us uh, to for herself and also highlights that she has the experiences and the competence to do this. So, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy to see that. Um, from kind of a meta perspective, though, I am wondering if this plot isn't also kind of a way to get her off the station, because out of all the characters we have so far, she is the most outright religious herself. She is like the most religious main character that we have up to this point. So maybe this was kind of a way also to get... Uh, this part of the discussion a little bit out, out of the way so that we can talk about the uh, whole issue of the episode framed in an alien religion and don't have to think about, well, how would this work in a in a Christian or Jewish uh, kind of framework? Which I think, yeah, especially for a show in the 90s, might be necessary. But I think also um, it still adds up to the, to the episode because it comes down again to beliefs in the end she she acts on her beliefs what is best in the situation even going against um protocol yeah which is the essence of this this episode it's acting on your beliefs whether it being it a, a, a philosophy or a religion um and yeah that that's um quite nice to see even though it feels um on on the essential plot part what you see a bit substantial uh missing substantial because it's it like why are you showing me this what do i get there for the character for the plot there's nothing in it it just makes the story kind of round yeah but i i think this is also why they give us this shot at the end where there is a child that she saved with these actions and such that we kind of get this thematic rounding out everything, which is, is neatly done. But yeah, I, I completely agree that it could have easily felt like uh, mostly just Philo. Yeah, exactly. But okay, then uh, let's go over to the main plot of this episode. And Wait, one one thing um, I almost forgot. It's just a, a tiny little Easter egg. Um, but I was really happy when before, well, almost at the moment, the... Um, second plot starts um, 
you hear Ivanova say confirmed Asimov, since mm. Asimov uh, is the name of the spaceship. Um, and I mean, I, I'm not sure how uh, well versed this is with people who just watch science fiction, but as Asimov being one of the literature fathers of um, um, of, of um, science fiction, um, that's that, that that was was kind of cute, though it's right quite common um, as far as I know to implement this name somewhere in in um, the context of of science fiction um, series or movies. It does pop up every now and then, but it is uh, a nice tradition that Babylon Five has, like in in the background chatter in the uh, in the lounges on the Zocalo and stuff. Every other civilian freighter and passenger liner that we get called out throughout the show is a reference to some science fiction author. Asimov, of course, is one that jumps really out. But I think also the Grin is, is also mentioned at some point. So multiple of these classic sci-fi authors are there, which, yeah, is, is a nice detail. I mean, we, mean, we have other name droppings like Shakespeare Company, uh, especially in this episode, Um yeah, but 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 I I thought this this quite nice uh, of it the is. setting. Definitely, um, it it fits quite well if you think about it, since as as science fiction as some sort of um, playground to to um, yeah test um, things like like how would um, a society uh, with this and that aspects work. What if I change certain elements of this, um, which is kind of the essential of, of, of science fiction um, or, or what you can, can use it for. Um, and exactly that is, is done um, in, in a way here in this episode. I think this harkens back to how, how you also mentioned your first impression being that this is a story that in theory also works without the spaceships and the space travel and the aliens. But then again, as something that you explore in especially 90s television, science fiction is usually the lens that it, that this is usually done for, because otherwise it would be a subject that might be a bit too complicated, a bit too heavy to really get into. All right, so I, I think this is a really nice segue then into the, into the main plot line, which, and this is the first time I noticed this, opens up with the question of the child, am I going to die? And yeah, bad news, if you're a child in, in Babylon 5, Chances are that things are not going to work out as well as if you were on any other science fiction show. Um, so I, I don't know how chronologically you want to go through it or if there's more general themes that stood out to you. Um, so if either one of you has a starting point, uh, let's let's get into it. Maybe the the I mean the the base point of this or the ma base problem of it is that they are strongly religious people that deny their son the operation that would, say, would save his life because of their religion. Yes. And maybe let's talk about this religion a little bit more because it's one of these instances where these are aliens of the week in the sense we haven't seen them before. But this is even made a point in the show that nobody else has seen them before either. Like this is a newer species that is sort of on the galactic stage, they don't have an ambassador, which is a big deal. So there is no official relation between them and the rest of the world. And um, so we get only these small glimpses. And I have to say for how small these glimpses are, 
I think it's quite impressive how quickly we get kind of a very complete image of what this religion is about. We get this idea that, okay, they view themselves as the chosen people, it has to do something with time, they are all about this journey aspect of everything continues on, life continues on, there's this idea of the death as a long journey. And I think if you are going to do an episode about aliens that are very religious, if you are going to open this up, it's very important that you do it in a way where you portray this alien religion as something more than just a weird cult. Because I, I think otherwise this conversation becomes very easy. If you can say, oh, this is just a weird doomsday cult, or it's like Klingons that have a weird affinity for killing themselves because that's honorable to them. Well, then it kind of loses the, the edge of, of, of the storytelling here. But no, here I can kind of tell, okay, this is, this is something that I can see being a world religion. Even right down to the rule where, you know, so many of religious rules are rooted in some sort of practical purpose that is maybe in history at some point. And so I, I can imagine them, them existing in, in like a pre-industrial society and having this rule, don't cut people open because we've learned if you do that, the wound gets infected and kills you. I can see how this as like a practical consideration early on enters into religious canon and then becomes this rule that gets carried forward even now that they are traveling the stars. I would also like to add that we don't know much about their home world, but we also don't know if they just live in a cult or if they just are part of a big religion and if on the whole world there are people that don't have this belief or if it's really um, like the most common religion. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's practiced basically everywhere on their whole world and it's weird if you are not a part of it. We don't know that. I think this is a very important consideration because it changes also a lot of who and how to put the blame at some point. Uh, I have to say, when I look at this episode, usually I'm assuming that this is the dominant religion on this planet and has been for quite some time because I, I give them the benefit of the doubt when they say, oh, our ambassador would tell you the same thing. Uh, they could be lying off the, uh, on that, of course. They could be just a weird extremist sect, but... For the purpose of this discussion, at least, I, I usually assume, uh, if it's not stated otherwise, that we're talking about this as like the dominant religion on their world. Would agree to that. On the on the other hand, I'm not sure how much it really matters for the main problematic in this in this episode, if it's a cult or if it's a big religion. Because it wouldn't change the problem itself or how you go about it. We'll, we'll see. Maybe we'll touch on, on some aspects where I feel like it might matter. But in general, I would agree that uh, for the problem as we see it in the show, it's it's not going to make too much of an immediate difference. Um, but yeah, this is sort of the, the, the angle that these parents are coming from, from this uh, faith that is all about sort of the bodily integrity and... Uh, there is also a very clear distinction that you don't want to mix up sentience and animals. Oh. Okay. Uh, which isn't too uncommon with uh, sort of most of Earth's history where we make a big point of humans being different from animals. And so part of what uh, they have uh, in this rule is that you don't treat people like animals. So you also don't cut them open or butcher them like you would do with a food animal. Uh, which, which I like that this is a uh, part of it. Um, the last part that I would... Is, which is problematic if you uh, consider uh, the, the growing um, 
and I'm not sure how to to, to phrase it, um, participants of of being a vegan, um, and uh, the the whole um, oh God, Tierwohl, animal welfare. Ah, yes, animal welfare. Yeah, and the the whole animal welfare um, being more present or getting more and more present um, these days. So I think this would be problematic if you put that in the in, in the TV now in in this version without um, giving it room because it has the right to be there because it's also. I think this is. Uh definitely one of the multiple aspects where this show might be written a little bit different it was if it was happening today i i would completely agree on that the last bit i would like to touch on uh, with this alien culture is that there is a very clearly a strong sense of how this family hierarchy works and how the gender roles are uh, assigned here where i especially in this last watching i feel like uh the actor playing the alien dad does actually a really really good job portraying this in the full range from having this like very strong uh this strong sense of his role in the family unit and not showing any emotion choosing very carefully when and how to address people to this breaking down when he watches the sun die to it then being reestablished when he affirms his faith and go through with the entire end of the episode so i think he really does well portraying that this is something there without the episode ever like outright pushing on this uh fact any further it's just a part of their culture that is portrayed as being very strong compared to what we see in the rest of the show among humans and the rest of the aliens. So uh, just as a subtle side thing, I, I really enjoy that. Um, well, the, the problem, um, apart from um, the, the, the whole religious, uh, we don't uh, want to be cut open um, thing is uh, f for me that there is the, the the parents are making a decision for that child and yes that's usually how it goes but it's his life we're talking about mm. um which is also this this whole hierarchy thing is so strongly established the parents say what the child has to do and you do it or you're not part of the family which we also have uh, the result of in this in this episode Absolutely. It reminds me of people I know, actually, um, because I knew a very big family where no one, when I was a child, I was, uh, I was best friends with their uh, oldest daughter. No one ever got vaccinated. Like, even back then, they were against any vaccinations. Like, they didn't even get a tetanus shot or something. Nothing. And they didn't go to the doctor when they were sick. And um, that friend of mine was never allowed to watch the TV, which this boy also wasn't allowed because there could be false beliefs in it. She was never allowed to go to the cinema with us or anything. Everything was always just super strictly controlled and everything was always like homeopathy and things like that. Mm. So I think they are written kind of good because these people actually exist. And now that friend of mine, she is uh, my age and she in her early or mid-20s got married and had a baby. And guess what? It's not vaccinated, not even against COVID or anything. So it continues. Yeah. It's it's a true-to-life portrayal that we get to see here. Um, and yeah. and I, I would suggest let's let's look at both of the sides uh, in the beginning here and then let's go through the different stages of interaction that they have so, and then and we will get to these points uh, in more detail. But uh, let's also look at where Franklin stands or where uh, 
the the sort of medical staff stands here because in in these early scenes we also I think get a little bit of uh, uh, of of content to to work with where they are coming from and obviously um, this this at first glance is a much more segregated view where they are more concerned about the medical application of science to to save this child's life and this is the objective for Franklin the entire way throughout he knows the solution to the problem on a medical level. And he wants to apply that. He does apply that uh, but before the end. Yes, what I find interesting is that he, in the beginning, seems to really think that he can get his way if he just plays nicely. Like, he implements a lot of things to hold on to for the parents and the children. And you think, like, okay, he knows what he's doing. He can work with people. He can respond to people's beliefs. But only if he has the hope that in the end he can implement his way anyway. If that hope fails, he just also pulls through and doesn't really think through the consequences. And I mean, we get even this dialogue from him in the very beginning uh, where you clearly see he got the cultural sensitivity training, right? He knows that you don't insult somebody's culture, you don't go over this. But we also see from the very beginning he knows these things on this like rational level but he never really applies them. Like the first thing that he does is that he starts reciting what the prophecy of these people's faith says for the future of the child. Like immediately just sort of budging into their beliefs and and uh, putting his own spin on them, which they do not appreciate in the slightest. And I mean, that's a small thing. That's just how, uh, how, how he deals with this. There's nothing inherently like dangerous about it, but it immediately gives you also the sense of, okay, he knows in theory that he's supposed to be respectful and all that. But I, I get the feeling that it hasn't really sunk in for him. And that also doesn't for the rest of the episode very much. Though I have to say, I understand him. I mean, he, I mean, he's a, he's really in a tight spot. I, he he has the Hippocratic Eye. Uh, um, right. Hmm? Oh, oh. <laughs> yes. Um, he's really in a tight spot there. He is, um, has the, the Hippocratic Oath he has to uh, comply to. Um, and... Most doctors, I would I would uh, assume, um, have a more distant or different view on religion. Even if they're religious themselves, I, I don't think it's it's the same uh, way you would find it with with a lot of other people, mm. because you need to have my assume uh, mention here just. Um, that you had to need a little distance to this to practice certain things. I mean, if you have um, rather heavy uh, Christian doctor, um, he wouldn't do an abortion. So yeah, you that's not working. Um, and therefore, I I do understand Franklin. Of course, it's not right how he acts uh, and disregards the belief and uh, right from the beginning um because it doesn't get also it doesn't get you anywhere yeah i think what you have to also keep in mind there maybe is what uh sinclair says in that one conversation that he has with him like living is more than just having a functioning body your soul also has to be functional and there are some things that i think um, even in our world, in our uh, present right now, that medicine can do to potentially save the body and keep it functional, but that the mind just has trouble adjusting to or dealing with, and that I all think that doctors have to consider when it's extreme cases like transplants or certain amputations or whatever, they have to keep that in mind as well. 
And I think um, here that was a good example of where that wasn't considered enough because, yeah, maybe now I'm stealing Alex's point, but I would like to bring that in here. What he said, he can disobey and save the child, he can, as a doctor, argue for that was right, but then he also has to have a plan of what do I do with the child afterwards? Is it safe to bring it back to the world or not? That has to all be understood before he does it. I think we can definitely and we should have a part of this discussion where we really go into the detail. Not only is Dr. Franklin right or wrong in this episode, which is usually how this discussion goes, let's go into the detail and ask, at what point does he make this or that mistake? And at what point are there also other options that he could pursue to still make it right? I think there are some nuances here. But I also think before we get really too deep into this, um, uh, let, let's 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 finish up on on the sides here. Uh, you, Mike, wanted to say something. Um, yeah, to to the um, things Sinclair said um, when he has this discussion with Franklin about um, yeah beliefs and God and if where where it's going about the point. If, is there a true religion or is there none at all? Um, where Sinclair says something uh, in in the direction of if there's if one religion is true, the other might as well, mm. which um, fits to to uh, the things he had done before, where we have this religious summit, um, where he he get, invites every um, religion uh, from from Earth. Um, I I, th I think this is this is a nice um, representation of. Um, the universalism um, where it's just that yeah you have the, the theory of that there's uh, universally valid principles in different religion but it technically doesn't matter if it's um, if you come from Islam, Christianity um, Buddhism, Hinduism um, it's, it's more like melted all together um, which seems to be his kind of um yeah, spiritual backup he's he's yeah. using for for his decision which i also find difficult because when he says maybe it doesn't matter to him you say your prayers at least you say it and i'm sitting there like but i don't like to say prayers i don't think there is someone listening to them yeah. i mean this is this is part of his equation i think maybe all of them are right or all of them are wrong that he kind of makes up there uh, we will have to talk about this concept uh, with regards to Franklin later on. You might remember why, uh, but that's not important. Uh, uh, just know that, uh, Michael, we will get back to this in, in later episodes. The last aspect, because you mentioned this, Michael, uh, that uh, doctors will have a slightly more removed relationship with, uh, with the matters of religion. I think this is something that Franklin himself also mentions, the fact that regardless where he himself stands on matters of God, he also has this feeling that every patient that comes to him asks for him to be a god, which on the one hand, I can completely understand that Franklin feels this way because uh, as, as somebody who is there to help people in life-threatening situations, I'm sure this is something that happens to him. Although it's it's personally not exactly true from my experiences. I, if I go to a doctor, I, I do not want them to play god. I just want them to do their freaking job. But I, I can definitely see where this is coming from. And if you are in a situation where you feel like every so often there's somebody who wants you to perform a miracle, who wants you to do something that they just do not understand, that they can't themselves help themselves with, you will have to think about the responsibility and life and death in a slightly different way. And the fact that he's struggling with this is, is very real, I feel like. And I mean, this is 
relatable if you if you have even if it's just a minor sickness uh, that's bothering you for quite some time but you go from the, from this doctor to this to the next and everyone is saying i don't know what you have and then there's this one doctor who says i have an idea and then you have the, the even if it's just the diagnosis you don't necessarily have to get um healed from the problem but just having a diagnosis can help so much and this can feel similar to a wonder because yes. you finally got you searched long and you finally got what you needed uh to to go on and so uh, often this is about giving you like some measure of control right like something to yes. call it even if it's just a diagnosis of knowing i know what is wrong now yes exactly um the other problematic is that this the sentence uh sentence feels a bit off because um I'm 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 not sure if if, if there's uh, something similar in in English in in German it's the um die Götter in Weiß the gods in white uh which is the reference to doctors uh I it was in, in, in a in a dismissing way um and yeah it's it's the the problem is that some get too high uh, up in their heads and think they are like this And this feels at that moment, how he phrases it, rubs the wrong way. It does, but there's also not a single person that I've seen talk about this episode that didn't acknowledge, oh yeah, I've had a surgeon like this. Like this <laughs> seems to be also a personality type that, you know, you need people that are willing to put themselves through everything that it takes to be a doctor. I've had a therapist like this. I was like, no, you're not depressed. There's definitely not a name for this. It's not depression. I said that I... Perfect position to be yeah. in, isn't it? Um, yeah, especially as a woman. So, oh, yeah. All the, all the battle. You know that, that you don't have pain. No, no. I can't move. I have so much pain. I can't move. But yeah, when you say I don't have pain, I love it. Why don't you just chill? You're just hysteric. Yeah, yeah, hysteric. That's that's oh, I love it. And this is where the episode uh, episode setup here is so brilliant because we get two <laughs> camps: the ultra religious parents and the self absorbed doctor, both of which are horrible on their own. And now we have them collide, and fun ensues. What I find interesting, but also maybe problematic here, is that not problematic in this episode, but I see how this when you have these two extremes colliding with each other, as you can have people who are like. Yeah, you know, this shows that science in the end is also just a belief system. Do we want to talk about the first interaction that the two have then? Because I feel like exactly the situation where, you know, the, the doctor is there and telling you what's wrong with you and being very dismissive about it. I, I think this is kind of the first thing that Franklin does because we get to this point where there is a diagnosis and he tells the parents, okay, so what we need to do is make a small incision here and... They immediately say, oh, this is a surgery like we do in our food animals. We don't want that. And the response from all of our medical staff that we see is, okay, so what I hear is that you are stupid. So I'm going to explain to you in more detail what we are going to do. And they go to the point where they do this like entire PowerPoint presentation on a little screen to explain, no, no, really, this is a very very simple procedure it's not dangerous we can do this we are very good at this the chances of survival are very high and the parents keep telling them 
This is not what we are worried about. We know that it's simple. We do it on our homeworld on animals all the time. We do not want it because we are worried about the soul. And this speaks very true to me because uh, one of my favorite stations we have at the Neanderthal Museum where we talk about evolution and creationism as well uh, is this uh, direct comparison having uh, the origin of species by Charles Darwin next to a Bible and how it doesn't make that much sense to compare them directly because they talk about fundamentally different things. And if, if I have a Christian there that is worried about losing his system of morality because creation isn't true, I can't sit there and tell him, yeah, but the genetics really work out and this is why we walk upright. I'm not addressing the issue that this person is worried about. And I feel like this is very much what's happening here. You have a, somebody who has a legitimate concern and this doctor just keeps going on about the medical side of things, which isn't what anybody is questioning. Yes, that brings me back to the point that I can make now. Yes. Because... You can easily then view science as to also just a belief system and completely dismiss that science is built um, on having procedures to kind of prove what works and what's not and to kind of to kind of find out how things work or to get close to it. Now, I don't want to get too philosophical and uh, procedures that kind of circle the truth or whatever, but just that you have these that you can measure things and if you measure something that contradicts anything, you can, you know, make up a new theory about how things actually work. And that is important. And um, sometimes from both sides, from people who are like rather cynical towards science, as well as from people who are super religious, you find like, well, you know, you have to believe in your data for you to be a physicist. And you're like, no, actually not. And it's an important difference. And if you if you if you combine these two extremes, a doctor who is like super, super believes in himself as a doctor, as a god in white, basically, and this other extreme, you can easily make a point to this perspective which i would rather not make one yeah it's 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 very easy to paint yourself kind of into the corner where you make it very easy for these people to latch onto these criticisms of science and if you don't give them an easy way out it, you get into the situation where i don't think it matters how long franklin and these parents talk to each other they are no, never going to to find a solution on their own because they are just not able to communicate on that level properly what i also yeah. Basically, we had the same situation when the whole Corona thing started. You had the people who said, yeah, okay, you have invented an, an vaccination. Um, I will try it. I prefer to, to have a chance of not getting this horribly sick or even dying. And then there were people like, I don't want to be vaccinated because I don't believe this the, this exists, this sickness you're talking about. And But, I mean, you have, it doesn't matter how much of this valuable data you have, you can present this people and they still not believe you because it's belief against facts and you can <laughs> ignore facts rather thoroughly if you believe. Yeah, I understand. At that point, you have to think about what kind of relationship people have to the authorities, to the institutions that deliver those facts to you. And if that relationship was fucked up by whatever, then you can work as hard as you want. They will always try to not believe you. It's it's this thing where the only way to deal with this belief is then you, you have to engage with it on, on some level. Like if somebody is skeptical of vaccinations, it's not going to help show the, to show them even more graphs and even more PowerPoint presentations of how the medical science works because 
that's probably not what they're worried about. What they're worried about is that they fundamentally do not trust the institution or something else. And uh, I, I think part of the problem that this episode also presents really well is the fact that it's not a given that you can find a, a resolution there. It's not a given that Fragdon has any chance of convincing the parents of things being wrong, but he's also not able to acknowledge that at any point. And I feel like this is actually his biggest failing here. Yeah, that he's not necessarily really trying. He he is using his ways. He knows where he usually acts on or how he, he talks to people, but that's not a way to communicate with with people that are complete completely off the of the charts uh, at this point. Um yeah. Especially because he treats his own experience like his view of science as if it is entirely intuitive. Like the, one of the early things that he does when he gives the globet egg and and pre prescribes like the time buying uh, treatment is basically saying, oh, all we need to do is draw this entire procedure out and then naturally these parents will come to the same conclusion as I on their own. Once again, working with this assumption, my my own convictions here are completely intuitive. And I think what we've seen with a lot of science communication, especially in recent years, it's not always intuitive. That's one of the darn things about science. Not everything that is true is true to the common sense that people hold. And if it isn't, then you can't expect to show people like some result and then, you know, say, hey, they, they will just accept that and, and view this as the logical conclusion and then everything is going to be fine. And the fact that he doesn't get out of this mindset is a big problem. Yeah, also, it's like, I'm sorry, <laughs> you go for it. I'll suggest that he... Um explains over and over again that their child is going to die if they don't operate, which is something the parents are actually aware of. I mean, the, the questions that I always wondered why no one ever asked it or did research on it or they did research on those people was always that, um, what is actually going to happen if you cut him open and bring him back to his whole world? I mean, obviously it has to be something terrible because he doesn't arrive there alive, but what is the consequence just within the society that if you want to save the child, it has to go back into and live his life? Like, what is going to happen there? That is uh, something to know if you consider if this surgery makes sense or not. And this what you... Oh, sorry. He's not He's not even trying um, a different approach. Like, I mean, the the question is... I, he, he could try it with... I mean, you, you can cut someone open, like with a real line, or there are ways where you just like cut holes in in the skin and then insert um, surgery sus, uh, systems and everything. I mean, he's not even trying to get a different way or asking, "Hey, okay, you don't like this? Um, could we do this or could we do that?" Um, he he's completely off, and even this this whole pretentious um, thing he is doing. Um, a part of his his false uh, beliefs that they will come around. Um, he is not uh, giving the the parents any uh, reassurance that he knows what he's doing. Yeah, they don't. He he's not. You you need to to trust someone. Yeah, uh, that 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 they know what they are doing. That they act uh, in a in a sincere way. But he's not. And that's, I think that's even the reason why they, maybe if it's uh, gotten a different approach, maybe they would have come around. 
but he's completely blocking everything off. No communication on on on, on an eye level. It's just from from top down. You you're idiots. You don't know anything. Your child will die. You're horrible people. Yes, you can think of that. Oh, oh, oh of these people. I, I thought this the whole time. I really wanted to not list these uh, parents because it's something that doesn't fit at all with my belief system. But it doesn't help to solve the problem droning over this is my belief and this is the correct way. That's yeah. how you make conflicts even worse. I always had to think of um, COVID discussions that I had with some uh, friends of mine who mostly uh, lived their life on, on Twitter before the pandemic who were always like, no, it's not bad, and lockdowns are totally natural, no one needs to see their friends or their family in person because you can Skype, and no, teenagers don't miss out on things, they have like online gaming platforms and things like that, and we're completely, completely, yeah, talking the social side of us down because, yeah, science says we can't afford that anymore. And it's like, okay, but if you work like this, you cannot convince the whole society of accepting this because this is not how humans work. And another example I had to think of now and now actually was this climate change video that we watched that completely drove me crazy, where, where the, the, in the end she also kind of asked how people just live their life day after day, although for decades we already know that our, that our climate, climate problem is getting so much worse. And it's like, I wouldn't question that because it's a healthy coping mechanism. So we, we would not survive as a species if we would sit there and we're all going to die. We're all going to die. That, that, that doesn't work. We have to go on. And um, yeah, you know, and that, that, that political and on economic levels, it doesn't change is super bad. But we also cannot prepare to die every single second of our life. Otherwise, we would not function as beings. And I think what, what Franklin really lacks here is any awareness of this because even like you Mike, if, if you sit there and say okay i just want to strangle these parents i cannot deal with this that is fine that is perfectly understandable then get every other doctor on the station on this case one of the problems is that they only ever deal with him and he's not good at dealing with these people this is a station with 250,000 people on there get the entire medical staff they give them the feeling that there is a group of people that wants to help them that agrees on this thing, that it's not just this one antagonistic dude that they're dealing with. And he never really thinks of that. He, on the contrary, he keeps going into this alone. But what I also think is very interesting that this is a failing that he doesn't have specifically towards the religious people. This is how he deals with everyone. He has this conversation with Sinclair and Sinclair says, here are all the political reasons I cannot sign this order. And Franklin's immediate response is, oh, so you want the child to die? Which is obviously not true. It's the most black and white, like most short-sighted assumption that you can have. Nobody wants the child to die. Sinclair, Sinclair least of all. He's the most sympathetic to the child of everyone on board the station. And it's clearly visible. But in Franklin's head, there only exists this dichotomy. Either you're with me or you want the child to die. And that is obviously not a position that you can deal with. And if he's that way with somebody that is a superior officer and somebody who is as secular as himself, you can imagine that this is never going to work talking to a religious person because it's not just that he disregards their faith, he disregards the opinion of everyone around him regardless of what their faith is. Also, are we... <laughs> no, 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 you can go again. Just <laughs> one sentence, I just wanted to say, that's where we again with learning to live with ambiguity. That you, your opinion, your belief or whatever 
doesn't exist alone and you have to learn to live that there are other options, other opinions and everything out there and accept them. Yes, and also that doesn't mean that his belief in medicine is wrong. This is just about the way of how you approach it and how you do it. It's still true that the child is going to die and that from a really outside view that sucks, but you know, yeah. Um, also because he said he should get another doctor, but I constantly thought this time was he should get a social worker, you know, because he can say that it's it's a life that's at stake here and my priority is to save that life and to save it also from, from the parents. We need to get some authorities involved. Like in real cases when you have something like, like oh, what are procedures parents could be at this? Divorces? No, when you have something like abortions or something like that, you, you know, when it's really dangerous, people now usually the social workers get involved, you know, to to deal with the situation and to also save people from each other. And here I also thought in the last episode, I made the point that you see an international and uh, intergalactic um, community evolve. That you see that you need something like the United Nations, something like an an uh, an, an upper institution that you can turn to when you have someone to when you have to legally deal with someone like like yeah. uh, this um i think here we see the same because we would definitely need some authorities to to contact who are equipped like um like social workers psychologists who can intervene so that this could go peacefully yes and i mean we do see that this doesn't exist there is only the replacement which is going to sinclair and to his credit, I think he does, out of everyone, the best job here. Yeah, um, I mean, the the problem is that they go to authorities on both sides, but no authority wants to handle this shithole. Yeah. It's, uh, the, the, the parents go to Jakar, to Lando, to Kosh even. I, I was so happy to see Kosh finally again. Um even to uh, to to Dylan and everyone is saying in their own way, not our problem. Yeah. Um. And and Sinclair, even Sinclair is going to the ones above him, asking, "Hey, how do you? How should I handle this?" And they just hand it back, your problem, because no one wants to touch this topic because it's such. It it could turn into such a big, large problem on on everything else. Yes. So. What Which I is think... why you need institutions for that. You need like specially trained people who have all the knowledge about different cultures, about everything. And you also need like a legal basis so that they have authority, that they could like withhold the child, that they could go into a dialogue with the whole world of the parents and the parents and so on. And especially like huh? if we talk about social workers and institutions like that, they would also be the only avenue for the child to be represented in any way. Yeah. And this is the this is the thing which I think Sinclair does best of all because he's the only one who only also goes to the child and goes to the child separate from the parents, actually like giving the child in an isolated setting a chance to talk about this. And we see a small glimpse of this, but then he specifically also asks, okay, tell me about your faith on the egg. He really wants to get into and get a chance also to maybe gauge how much is this child just regurgitating what it's been told and how much is there actually understanding behind this so that it's not just disregarded as saying, well, of course the child will talk about the spirit because that's what the parents taught him. He does his best to get as far into this as, as he possibly can. Of course, he's not fully equipped to, to have this representation, but like he says also at the end, one of the reasons he ends up not signing the order is because he feels like there needs to be 
an authority that advocates for every side. And because nobody wants to take the side of the parents, he feels like he's the one who, who has to. And yeah. Especially that he is, when I mean, really, when I watched this episode, when he goes to the child, I was sitting here, hallelujah, finally, someone is talking yeah. to the person who has the problem. I mean, honestly, it's it, the kid even, yes, it, it is a child, but that even if, that if it's a child, it has an opinion. It 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 has knowledge to to li uh, to 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 lie on, and yeah, the, and and this 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 it's it's like again the uh, at the beginning like the hierarchy thing that the child was is 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 um it's it decided from 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 the parents. Everything is is uh, structured like this too. Is yeah. a doctor is deciding the everyone is deciding, but not the child, not the one who has the problem, and, and that that was really what what on the one hand riled me up. On the other hand, I was really happy when Sinclair finally made this choice because yeah, that that's the one who has to make the choice. It's his life. It's his decision. And this is, I think, the tragic thing because. It's not like we don't see everybody interact with the child. Both the parents and uh, Dr. Franklin have very interesting interactions with the child. But especially with Dr. Franklin, one of the things that infuriates me so much in this episode is that every interaction he has with the child feels slightly instrumentalized. Like he gives the child the globid egg. And on the one hand, yeah, sure, this is something to give the child something to hold on to and to hope for and stuff. But it also feels like he just wants to put something in there that isn't the religious scrolls because it wasn't supposed to watch TV. And obviously that is messed up. But the further we go towards the end, the less I feel like Franklin actually takes into consideration the child and just sort of use it as, as a token of his success. Because one of the things when we start talking about where Franklin goes wrong, I think we can completely disregard the death of the child. The fact that he decides this child should be confronted with its parents immediately after surgery was never going to go wrong. If the episodes end at that point, that child is still traumatized for life. There is no scenario where putting these two groups together goes well. The only person that stands to benefit from this is Franklin standing nearby and saying, I told you so, which is what he does at length. And and this is the point where I think and I this is the point where I would start laying blame on Franklin because I'm not convinced there is a clear argument to be made that the child's life could have been saved or not. He was in an impossible situation, but there are certainly things that he could have done objectively better than, than he handled it. And I think this reunion that he instigates, which really feels like it's instrumentalizing the child as part of that. And um, he, he's not, like you said, already said, he's not thinking things through. He's just doing what he sees his his primary charge as I have to to uh, do surgery on this kid but not on the long term on the on the consequences this that what would happen and honestly I was I was sitting here oh yes you'd made the surgery and when their parents came in uh, and and this this whole screaming and you're not my son you're a demon and at at the point where they coming and yeah we take our son with us it was so obvious of course, so something bad will, will happen there. Yes. Their belief is so strong, and it is obviously displayed that what happened, that what what Franklin did, is 
so hard against their beliefs that this is no longer their son. So what is going to happen? And it's also this thing, he doesn't look into it. We see him specifically, the first thing he does afterwards is write up his report about his great success. And then yes. he starts looking into the research they did on the people. And this is the thing, if he wants to do the surgery on his own, fine. But the first thing he has to do after that is go to Sinclair and have somebody else deal with it. And not do like any reunions, not do his reports or any shit like that. Just... Okay, if you are so hellbent on creating the situation, then do it and then get out of there because you are not equipped to deal with the consequences. And it's it's going to be difficult either way, but um, I, I think no matter how things would have gone, he, he should have seen coming that this is not going to be an easy situation that he can handle on his own. What I have to say, what uh, a bit off topic, what I find sad uh, is that you don't see any consequences for the parents. There are no consequences, which I personally would consider really problematic because that is active murder from our definition. Um, and yeah, the, I think that's on one hand, it, it makes feels problematic or, or like it, it's missing. You're, you're sitting there and what, what, what's happening with the parents? Uh, because there are no consequences, but either there are no consequences for Franklin, uh, which shifts the the focus of the episode of this whole on this whole um, believing system um, and um, cuts of everything that would disrupt this. Um, but on the other hand, it it gives you a lot to think, because I... there are no consequences in either action, neither Franklin nor the parents. I think talking about consequences is a very, very good idea. And let's start with consequences for the parents because the options that there are are kind of presented to us beforehand. Uh, Sinclair keeps talking about how a big issue is how this entire affair will compromise the station because inter what choice there is going to be, um, there is this issue that other species get this impression that Babylon 5 goes overboard and starts enforcing its own sense of morality on, on other people. And, you know, definitely there should be a discussion whether murder on the station of a child shouldn't be the point where Earth Force says, okay, we accept other cultures, but uh, not child murdering ones. Uh, thank you very much. And there's certainly going to be some fallout uh, to, to deal with there. Um, I wonder how this has changed, though, and I think this is what um, Sinclair means when he says you never should have asked me for my interference because then you wouldn't have to disobey my orders there. Um, I, I think there is this idea that because the way Franklin went about this uh, the way that he did, uh, it's now this like very messy thing where they will have to explain to this other government how things went that way, like how this doctor could act on his own. And I feel like this is also where in part of these messy negotiations, the, the consequences for the parents get lost because now there's enough of a diplomatic incident that they don't have enough bargaining there. I also think that in, if that happens on Earth, like legally, like, you know, they murder their child in another country where that would be murder. They can be detained there and at some point they have to be brought back to their home world and um there their law applies and if that wasn't murder because the spirit was lost then in the whole world they can walk free it's just the sad yeah, thing about it's... it realistically i i think we can assume there's going to be a prolonged trial that we didn't get to see there though 
I don't know about that, actually. I think uh, they could be just delivered back and then the whole world takes care of it. Mm. You know, because they are their responsibility and if, if, they're, if that's really the dominant religion and everyone believes in it, then there is no consequences once they are there. I mean, this might be another instance of Babylon 5 needs a better justice system yeah. to deal with this. Like, are, are there the facilities to detain them for a long amount of time, for example, is a good question. Like, yes, also, can we do this? Yeah, can they do this? Also because they didn't murder anyone uh, who, um, anyone who is uh, Babylon 5's responsibility. They didn't murder any citizen of another country just of their own, so they have to be brought back to their home world, I guess. Yeah. Like, if they had not a human, that would be Earth problem, but they didn't. If we are talking about consequences and uh, diplomacy, do we want to uh, make a small tangent to the different response that they get from the other governments and how they absolve themselves of any consequence and responsibility, or would that go too far? Um, at, at least um, I would I would um, talk about uh, want to talk about Delenn. Um, because I think it's quite um, um, two-faced how um, especially the mother acts here because Delenn explains uh, soul matters are personal matters therefore we don't interfere mm. and the mother what because of your beliefs you're not going to help me <laughs> and, and this is uh, sorry this is bitchy because I mean she is there because of her beliefs and then she is, yeah. is, is um, um, not okay because someone else says, yeah, sorry, um, this goes against my beliefs, so I can't help you. Um, In general, we get a very interesting insight here of how alien species view each other because from what we get to see, for newcomers to the galactic stage, these people of the egg have a very poor opinion of everyone else. They outright say, we thought the Mimbari were the most intelligent of all others <laughs> and, <laughs> and and play into this. So that, that's just a nice microcosm. And yeah, I think uh, it's, it's completely right that they are like very selective in when they view belief as a valid point and when they don't. I mean, it's it's logical that that they go to the lengths and ask every ambassador they can get their hands on mm. i mean as a parent to save my child no matter the context i would do the same um but on the same uh, at the same time they're really arrogant i mean to to jakar they uh, the the father um says yeah we we, we thought uh, you're hating the the uh, humans is is enough of a reason for you to help us I mean, which I, I like Chikau's response of saying, yeah, that is enough for us, not <laughs> not to start doing stuff for you. Um, I also absolutely love uh, Londo's response of just rattling off the costs and just how much justice can you afford? It's it's a very, very nice imperial way of going about this, just crushing them under the weight of bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah, but also also Kosh, um, it's it's again this this nonsense answer he, he is giving uh, but when he said uh, what he said uh, I'm, I'm not getting it together but something with the stream and pebbles yeah. I had to to think um, um, in, in German there's the saying um, if the cake talks uh, the crumbles have to be silent <laughs> and honestly I, this was oh this kind of feels like the same here <laughs> are you trying to tell them to shut up 
I, I think that's exactly what's happening. I'm also not convinced that his encounter suit doesn't have like essentially like a, a number of random quotes that he just rattles off if like lesser beings ask him stuff that he's just <laughs> fundamentally not interested in. I feel like he's like an eight ball. You can shake him and he gives you like some vague prophecies about something. But I find it funnily enough that they get a grip on him and that he actually walks with them there. That interesting. I'm, I mean, like you say, Mike, it's, it's completely understandable that they do, and that this is the one thing where I, I, this is the one thing where I do believe it makes a little bit of a difference whether or not they are in a cult or whether or not this is the main religion, because we draw these uh, references to anti-vaxxers, for example, but I think in those cases, sometimes it feels very much like you have people who latch onto some conspiracy or to some evangelical version of faith because this is like very much what they perceive as their identity and then they use their children very much to affirm that and then it becomes like very cynical where you know certain types of homeschooling and stuff are just about uh, like the parents themselves whereas in this family and it makes things all the more tragic i genuinely get the feeling that these parents wholeheartedly actually believe what they say and they wholeheartedly actually care about the child. I, I, I love the scene where they sort of say their goodbyes because it feels very genuine. Yes, but... Big but. Yes, yes. Uh, what, what I... Um, what I... Where I get really angry was the parents um, kind of... Well, the decision is made. There's no surgery and the son... The, the, the um, health is declining and they know, okay, he's about to die. They talk to him and then they leave. And that was a really big red flag for me where I wanted yeah. to go in there and hit them back to their bed of their son and say, you sit here until your son is dead. You decided this. Okay, your son too, but you this is your belief and you will hold his hand at the, until the moment he left this world because everything else is if you have such a strong belief everything else is just bullshit yeah there is definitely a a weird like connotation at the very end there basically now that they had their goodbyes and had also said like spiritually their goodbyes to him they feel like the job is done which, I mean, does feel in like their culture doesn't seem like it's big on emotional, like, openness and interaction. It's still messed up as heck, though. Yes, the the problem, the problem is, if I think it's, if you, if this would be uh, on their homeland and in, 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 in their um, place, that would be different. But they're on, on an alien station um, and they just walk off. Yeah. And they make a big deal of the fact that he's not on his homeland even beforehand, so it should be an even bigger thing for them. Yes, and and this this I mean, the the question that that's going through my head is if if, if after this this whole religious um, stuff they do, if he is for them at this point dead, what does, does it doesn't matter what ha happens after that. Yeah, then you wouldn't wonder about him losing his soul again right yes that's that's a bit problematic from mm -hmm. me because the the actions don't fit um what what they propagate to be their belief it doesn't match i mean i know it it it's 
helping the plot because if the parents would be sitting uh, with the child, uh, the doctor couldn't do his job. Um, but yeah, I think uh, something is missing there to, to make this go around with the story. We get like the one scene uh, right after this, um, right after this saying goodbye, where Franklin does come in and say, hey, he needs his rest. But, you know, given how the fa pa parents have interacted with them, I, it seems odd that they would relent so easily and, and actually go and, and not stick around. Um, okay, then we talked about the consequences for the parents a little bit. Let's talk about the consequences for Franklin, because... Uh, his first consequence is to be extremely smug about everything. And then when it blows up in his face, he's like, oh, you can have my resignation. And I'm actually quite glad that Sinclair says, no, you don't get to run away from this like that easily. You are going to live with this and you're going to continue to do your job because uh, no easy way out here. Um, but yeah, the, the question is, sh should there have been more of a consequence for him? Should he stake his, should he keep his license after that? Yeah, it's it's problematic. On the on one hand, he is clearly disobeying orders, which is especially uh, in this this circumstances, and especially since it's a military uh, sort of structure. There, um, you don't know when he will act out of line again. Yeah. On the other hand, I think especially because he obeyed orders, I think Sinclair at least is someone who knows to value people who do because often when we look back in history and we wonder how was this big mess even possible it's because people were like i was just following orders and you sit there like yeah, okay but you have a human side inside of you somewhere don't you so disobeying orders for a reason that to that person seemed morally correct could be could make it less worse for us someone like sinclair i guess certainly but on the other hand just letting him get out of this mess he created um i, I mean I, I i totally agree with 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 Sinclair's decision saying no no you, you won't run away um but i think there had to be something and i think Maybe the reason see it but i think the reason that sinclair is as lenient as he is or feels as lenient is that his read on the situation is one that I don't 100% agree with. In their final conversation, he drops this line of, you know, sometimes you do everything right and it still goes wrong. And I was just sitting there and saying, yeah, but Franklin didn't though. And that is not saying that Franklin was wrong to do necessarily the, uh, the operation. I wholeheartedly believe that Sinclair is also in, in uh, agreement that this was something that is necessary. That doesn't change the fact that Franklin was grossly neglectful in how he went about doing the uh, the operation and preventing anything from happening after that. And you know, it's it's easy to say uh, to say, oh, he's he's just a doctor. It's not his responsibility to to deal with security concerns about the parents or some shit like that. But it was a massive red flags all around. He should have done something more. He could have done something more. And I think this is where I think Sinclair is a little bit too too optimistic and saying oh you tried your best no you definitely didn't and i think the the point for me where franklin stops trying to do his best is where he does the operation to prove himself right and get that steak dinner rather than actually looking out for the for the safety of the child because if he had done that he would have thought to do anything more than write his damn report after the operation was done 
for him it was way much uh, just everything leading up to the operation and then his plan didn't go beyond saying look guys i did it and everybody will clap because that's how it works like he completely lacked this awareness and i think there i would have appreciated the nuance of saying okay you did the operation good on you you still messed up everything else and that's what what we have uh, mirrored with with ivanova's action mm. first she doesn't ask for permission she does what she thinks is right or believes what is right exactly like uh, franklin mm. um the point is um that she is aware of the consequences what could happen and also um she is not when she gets back out oh, i i beat them up i i'm awesome um but she she knows that this was um yeah a, a, a tight um situation she was in and she had to make a decision that could have gone wrong um and, and she takes responsibility for this right yes but i mean even even after after everything uh, franklin had done if he had reacted differently after uh, the surgery um the read would be completely different absolutely I, I think we wouldn't have such a hard time with this conversation if he just once like we, we complained about the parents not staying with the child he did the operation stay with the goddamn child until things are sorted out like just do not leave this child alone if everybody just adhered to this rule things would be so much better I think what he didn't have to be there himself I mean there is there have to be some some uh yeah stuff like a like a nurse or something security uh, security who Ever, even even if you have some some cleaning. This is this is the thing. Yeah, I mean, what what would really what should really happen as consequences for him should definitely be some investigation of how the situation went. Not for him to lose his license, but to see on how did it come that far, so that maybe um maybe the responsible people for Rebel One Five also would notice. Oh my God, we maybe need social workers and psychologists for this to just realize there was a big, big something missing there that could have helped. And maybe even in the background, there are these hearings that maybe he has to justify it some other place. We just don't see it because it doesn't have any space. I, I, I think what for me is, is very striking that the way he sits there in the end, I don't necessarily get the feeling that he learned anything from this. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the part that I think where he would need more consequences that hold him accountable for that. Because, you know, when we talk about losing his license, nobody's questioning his medical skills in this. Nobody's questioning that he that he has the right moral code behind everything that he wants to save his lives. All of that is fine. What he's lacking is like massive skills and thinking about the consequences of his actions beyond the immediate medical results that they will lead to. And a complete lack in awareness in that, I feel like in this line of work that he's in, is just as bad as anything else. And this is where I could easily see, you know, if we had more budget for a bigger cast, he is still a good doctor, keep him in this position, but do not let him lead the entire medical uh, division. Like he, they, they, he's definitely leading in some not, leadership skills, or at least not on his own. Yeah, get, get some more people in there to check in on him because him working unsupervised clearly isn't working out so well. All right, I think that's a pretty um, all-encompassing discussion right there uh, in terms of this. So, 
Uh, do we want to briefly jump through the tapestry? I think this one is going to be a rather short one. Yeah. Just a uh, question. Are we sure we made clear enough that we're against children uh, dying and everything else quite heavily on, on Franklin here that no... Okay, uh, let's... Let's maybe do this instead of the tapestry. Let's do like a final judgment round here. I, I think we are all in agreement that killing children is bad, right? Yes. Uh, I think we are all... Yeah. Great points you're making. Oh, oh, God. I wanted to say that it's uh, fallacy. Uh, uh, neglectful. Neglectful, yeah. Uh, but it, it's it's neglectful of the parents to to not help their child if they are in a position to do so. It absolutely is. And if we talk about, you know, all the bad implications that these circumstances are going to have with the diplomatic relations to this planet, those should be difficult in any case, because that is clearly a very messed up culture that exists there and... You know, if you look over to Star Trek, it's one of these examples where the Federation would probably agree that these are not ready for interstellar relations yet. And their disposition towards every alien they meet in how dismissive and insulting they are only underlines that. So there are some fundamental issues going on. But we also can all agree that on um, that doctors have to consider the whole situation their patient is in and cannot just look on um, fixing like the little thing, like the illness, but have to really consider on how do I do it? Who do I have to talk to? What kind of other risks do I have to keep in mind? Yeah, I mean, the way I would put it is just because these parents are very, very, very wrong doesn't make Franklin any more right. Yeah. He can still be a, a, a completely out of line there as well, and I think he is. Uh, so, yeah, there's just a very many people with the wrong disposition in the wrong place here. And I think the one takeaway that we definitely have is Babylon 5 needs a bunch of more institutions <laughs> to deal with this kind of situation. Maybe we should uh, ask if they need some help. I mean, we're quite good at it. <laughs> I I mean, you know, I, I feel like if, if we were in charge there with the discussion link that we now had, the child is probably dead of natural causes at this point. <laughs> so maybe we are not the right people to ask, but... On the other hand, on the other hand, sometimes even incompetent people are better than none. True. Uh, we, we certainly <laughs> could have kept watch on the child, even just that. I can sit there in the room and make sure that nobody kidnaps it. So that's that's something. Um, I mean, you you have since yesterday, uh, as I heard, a, a perfect pet you can um, throw on everyone who dares to come close. Yes. Maybe um, to the people. Too dangerous. <laughs> way too dangerous. Um, any more clarifications on our stance of child murder that we want to make, or do we go s strongly towards an outro? Okay, so the question for today's uh, episode is um, not a poll, but uh, you have to actually write something, my dear lurkers. Um, oh, dear lurkers, I'm sorry. You don't belong to me alone. This week you can have them. It's been so long, it's okay. No, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, the question is, um, where do you think 
um, Dr. Franklin did make the wrong choice or started making wrong choices. Um, at yeah, we, we we throw it everywhere. We are Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I think that's the basics. Yeah, Mastodon is still in the works. Last week we made a joke that we were kept keeping promising that we get our Mastodon page up and that we get you back and you won out. We got you back first, so that's very good. Um, Maybe we can, we we manage uh, Mastodon at a time too. All right. And then. oh, of, of course, of course, uh, you can uh, write out uh, to us uh, on YouTube, as you uh, some of you already have. So. Yeah, not uh, also not forget if you liked it, give us uh, a heart, a comment, um, a thumbs up, share it, whatever you feel like. Um, and if there's nothing, if if I didn't forget anything, no, I don't think. No, nope, you didn't forget anything. I'm just stealthily looking up the next episode so I can tell you the title. <laughs> and then you can tell the title. Okay. All right, so I think this concludes our discussion on Believers. I'm very glad that we are all together again. And with a bit of luck, we will get uh, all together again next week to talk about Survivors.